Today, we continue in our sermon series on the Apostles' Creed. We're in the section talking about Jesus Christ, and we come to the line, He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. We wouldn't normally leap from Easter Sunday immediately to the ascension of Christ the next week. After all, Jesus walked with his disciples for 40 days after the resurrection and before he ascended. Luke describes it this way. He says, after Jesus' suffering, his death and resurrection, he presented himself alive with many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Before we hear today's scripture, we need to know that while Jesus was staying with the disciples during these 40 days after Easter, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but wait there for the promise of God. Stay here in the city, he said to them in Luke's gospel, until you have been clothed with power from on high. And now in the book of Acts, just before our scripture for today, Jesus tells the disciples that they will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. That will be the day of Pentecost, of course, and that's often considered the birth of the church, 50 days after the resurrection. That day the people will receive the Holy Spirit and they're sent out to share the good news of God's love, carrying it beyond former boundaries and borders. In receiving the Holy Spirit, they are clothed with power from on high. Now, after Jesus had spoken these words about baptism with the Holy Spirit, we arrive at our scripture reading for today. And we enter the story at verse 6 of chapter 1 in Acts. So when they had come together, they asked Jesus, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Galileans, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come again the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying, Peter and John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. And these, all of them, were constantly devoting themselves to prayer, together with certain women. 
including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. They were constantly devoting themselves to prayer. After they saw Jesus going up in the clouds out of their sight towards heaven, they were encouraged by Jesus' own words, of course, his assurances that they will receive power from the Holy Spirit. By his words, he invites them to trust in his promises of receiving that power. And he commands them to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. But don't do it now, he says. Don't do it yet. Wait. Wait to be filled with the Spirit. And they do as Jesus tells them. They return to Jerusalem. They stay in the city. They wait. And they devote themselves to prayer. This is an in-between time a liminal time. It's a little bit of already and a little bit of not yet. Jesus has already been resurrected. He has shown themselves by many convincing proofs. They believed it was him. Jesus alive. Jesus with them. Jesus continuing to teach and guide them, to give them commandments and offer them visions of the kingdom of God. The world can be different, he taught them. When he healed individuals, he healed whole communities around them, bringing people into wholeness and into relationship with each other. The kingdom of God is like this, where all are welcome, where all are cared for, where justice and mercy and peace reign. There's a little bit of already and a little bit of not yet of that kingdom of God. It's hard to catch that vision. The first thing the disciples ask in today's scripture is, will this be the time when you restore the kingdom? What they're thinking of as the kingdom is not the same thing Jesus is thinking of. In the Gospel of Luke, once Jesus was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God was coming, and he answered, the kingdom of God is not coming with things that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is, for in fact, the kingdom of God is among you. Or some translations say, the kingdom of God is within you. That's a different kingdom than the one the disciples ask Jesus about before he ascends to be seated in the throne room of God. Where is the kingdom of God when Jesus is taken up in a cloud to heaven? It's still in the same place it was. It's within his disciples. It's among his disciples. And this is some of what they will witness to when they leave Jerusalem and go to all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. They will testify with their lives. They will serve and love and heal and cross borders to bring the love of God, the kingdom of God, as far as they possibly can. Their witness will be their service. As Pastor Matt mentioned, today is Volunteer Recognition Sunday here at Fourth Church, and we give thanks for the service of all our volunteers. With 
1,400 active volunteers. Can you believe that? So beautiful. And those names listed in the back of our bulletin of people who have served in the last year. And if we forgot your name, please forgive us. But tell us so we can fix that moving forward. Now, all of our volunteers are not Christian. And we welcome you, all of you. We're grateful for you. We have Jewish neighbors, for example, who volunteer on a regular basis with the Meals Ministry Program. We have non-religious volunteers who find their meaning in other ways and through other stories. On Volunteer Recognition Sunday, we recognize all volunteers and we celebrate each of you. For those of us who are Christian, our service, our ministry, is an expression of our discipleship. And our discipleship is rooted in our identity as some of the people of God, and specifically the followers of Jesus, or as we sometimes like to say, the followers of God in the way of Jesus. We humans look for meaning in many places. As Christians, we look to the stories of our faith and the spiritual practices of Jesus the practices of his disciples and his apostles, and to the scribes and reciters of our scripture. We look to theologians and interpreters and scholars who devote themselves to the study of scripture and Christian tradition. And we knit ourselves together as the church by all the service that we have offered and all the gifts that are given, all of the ways that we give and serve all of the ways that we help and lead and dream dreams together. It all comes together in what we call the body of the church. We are the church because we participate in all of these ways. As we heard from the book of Romans today, we all have gifts given to us by the grace of God. They're different gifts and different skills that we first receive and then we offer them. Paul writes in Romans that just as one body has many members with different functions, we too, who are many, are one body in Christ. And individually, we are members of one another, Paul says. We belong to each other. We belong to God. Receiving gifts and sharing gifts are two sides of the same coin two aspects of our discipleship. And we have this in common with the early disciples. They were given the task of being witnesses of God's great good news, God's healing, God's abundance, God's wholeness and salvation. But before they could witness to it, they had to experience it. And when I say witness, I don't just mean seeing, witnessing something. A witness testifies to what they have seen, and the testifying is what the witness does. When Jesus tells the disciples, you will be my witnesses, he means not that they will simply say what they saw, but, they, but that they will live the good news, and the good news will be seen in them and through them. They began this witnessing when Jesus walked among them, and he sent them two by two out into the villages in order to heal people and communities. 
the kingdom of God that Jesus saw in them and the kingdom of God that Jesus saw among them, that kingdom will be seen by the people not only in Jerusalem, but in all Judea and Samaria and everywhere they go to the ends of the earth. Their lives become their testimony. Witnessing in this sense is being. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in doing ministry that we forget how we are being while we do it. You may have heard the adage about human beings becoming simply human doings when we forget ourselves in that way. Our ministry then becomes transactional rather than transformational. We give, we do, we complete tasks, but we're just going through the motions. We're not being changed, and we're not being agents of change. When we become human doings, we're not remembering who we are or whose we are. We're not resting in God's love, and so we're not giving God's love either. And often we become depleted in this process. We think we are doing what we are doing by our own power, but our power is very limited, and God's power is vast. Jesus embodied God, and his prayerful communion with God empowered him to do his ministry. When Jesus was baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened. His prayer was powerful. His prayer changed things. He would often slip away to deserted places to pray. When Jesus chose the 12 disciples, he went to a mountain and spent the entire night in prayer before he selected them. And Jesus taught his disciples to depend on the power of prayer. He reminded them to turn to it again and again. He taught them to pray the Lord's Prayer. He told them parables about prayer, encouraging them to pray always and not lose heart. The early apostles often turned to prayer also. Peter prayed when he healed Tabitha. He prayed when he went to meet Cornelius and had a vision from God about expanding his understanding of who was welcome and included in the community. And the worshiping community fasted and prayed and laid their hands on Barnabas and Saul when they were preparing to be sent by the Holy Spirit to preach in Cyprus. Prayer calls us back into remembrance of God. You will be my witnesses, Jesus said, but don't go out until you're clothed with the Holy Spirit. Waiting for the Holy Spirit power to be given also means preparing ourselves to receive it. There's a story about a woman who was so heavenly focused, she was no earthly good. And there's a Johnny Cash song about it too. But we pray to God with the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In a world that feels like there's a lot more of not yet that kingdom of God, we know that thoughts and prayers are not enough. We need to act. We know that there is a danger that while looking up to heaven, waiting for some heavenly action, we might forget to take our own action. 
Holy Spirit power is given to us to empower us to testify with our lives. Clothing ourselves in Christ is a spiritual practice to help us manifest the already kingdom of God. This is not focusing on heaven and forgetting about earth. It's not about focusing on the future and forgetting about now. This focus on God's kingdom is bringing a heavenly focus to our earthly life. It's here now. Can we find it? The kingdom of God is among us. Can we extend it? The kingdom of God is within us. Can we feel it? The ascension of Jesus does not mean the absence of Jesus. It's the beginning of the next part of the story. The part where Jesus' disciples become clothed in Christ and carry on being the kingdom. This begins the part of the story where Jesus' disciples practice being forgiven and giving forgiveness, receiving abundance and sharing abundance, receiving love and giving love, being seen and known by the tender glance of Christ and looking at all those we encounter with those same tender eyes. It is a spiritual practice to be clothed in Christ. It is a spiritual practice to receive the Holy Spirit and that means we have to practice it. These things do not come without focus and intentionality. When we forget who we are being and start focusing on what we are doing, we need to remind ourselves and each other, you are a beloved child of God. You are clothed with Christ. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. You are alive with the breath of the God of all creation. Take a breath now and remember that. Imagine the light of God's peace, love, and healing power pouring into your body right now. Go and do, yes. But first, be. And know that Christ is being with you. Do your serving. Do your ministry. Share your generosity. Use your gifts for the good of all people. You are a human being who does great things because God has given you gifts that are perfect for you. So keep practicing. Amen.